she basically takes on the project of building what is now known to be the world's oldest university. She's like Damn. the first one who did it. Um, and it is still around today. And it is, in fact, the oldest. Is it named after her? It is not. So Oxford, just for like a, a reference, Oxford was established around 1096. So that's 200 wow. years after this. So and they got the idea from her. I got, like, <laughs> I mean, I didn't see this, this in my research. There's this wonderful thing. It's called a school. <laughs> but when We the, must have one. I mean, oh, a witch invented it, but surely we can <laughs> do it better. Hello and welcome to The Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women in history. I am Sarah Gorski. I'm Justin Xavier. I'm Sam Eggers. And we are here bringing you our Broad of the Week. And this week, our Broad is Fatima Al-Fahira, or Fahiri. I, there are several spellings of her name, and I don't know how to see the true spelling. figure out which one Because is right it one. is an Arabic name, and I think the translations into non-Arabic languages just suck, because white people suck. Hey. So that's, you know, I'll just say that up front. So if my pronunciations and spellings are all weird, that's, that is why. <laughs> you know, I just want to talk a little bit about why I picked her. Yeah, I, I don't know who like, she is even. I know. Who who does know? First of all, I want to say she is the oldest broad we've done so far. Oh. So this, sto- this is going to take us way, 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 way back into history until like basically the beginning of pr- like printed word like. Oh, cool. So it's like old like papyrus. as F. Old- oh, we could say it. We're... Okay. We're yeah. old as fuck. <laughs> old as fuck. Um, I have been... I'm like just personally fascinated with learning more about broads who I wasn't at all, first of all, never heard of before, but also Mm -hmm. that are outside of Western culture, because I feel like so much of our history is packed with all this information about, you know, what white people have done. Mm -hmm. But there is so much history outside of that. And so for me personally, I've really been kind of trying to search out for more stories that are kind of outside the white Christian Western canon. Mm-hmm. So I've been Googling, you know, things outside the Western canon. Uh, and so... Just like that, like Google <laughs> search things outside, outside the, the Western, Western canon. <laughs> yeah, well, at Awesome Women, but um, in, in this case, Fati- I keep saying Fatima because I know someone named Fatima. I think it's actually Fatima. Mm. Oh. I think mm-hmm. actually is probably the correct pronunciation. I just realized. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> How embarrassing! But Fatima is also our first Muslim woman that we've done so far. I think. Oh, cool! Um, I think that's accurate. And so uh, mm-hmm. she's an Arabic Muslim woman, uh, and I am super excited to share her with us because I think that she is like in my mind. I have like she's the mother of education in a way so oh, wow. i want to dig right in i don't want to ruin it up at the up at the beginning but okay this is why i picked her and she's amazing um so fatima uh we gotta go way 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 back to the ninth century which is wow. 800 AD. Does anyone know anything about 800 AD? Nope. <laughs> nope. You know what? No. I always want to preemptively. Uh-huh. I don't want to assume. <laughs> I had to do like a little bit of the Googles to, you know. Charlemagne is the crowned emperor of Rome in mm. this period of time. This is the period of time when Vikings were really fucking up the Brits, like rolling up the rivers. The Tang Dynasty over in China. Mm. 
Um, this is also the the era in which uh, the early forms of algebra were being invented. Oh, cool. wow. This is like when education is being born, mm-hmm. kind of like with and the, like before the Crusades, before before slash right before. Like, the Crusades kind of start to happen towards the end of 880 and all that. Christians. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And so, uh, Fatima, she is from, um, well, actually, wait, I I got a little too far ahead. But we're also during, so she's in the Middle East uh, area of the world. And this is also, in that part of the country, this is the the era of the rule of Sultan Daud bin Idris II, who was known to be an extraordinary ruler and a very devout Muslim. So he was really excited about education and, and uh, religion and kind of combining them and, and the education and, and devoutness of the people. That mm-hmm. was like what it was all about. I didn't research him as much as I should have, but he wasn't the broad, so, you know. <laughs> um, so Fatima was the daughter of the Tunisian Arab man named Mohammed ben Abdallah Fahiri. Uh, and they were pretty... They live, like, pretty humble lives. Um, There's not a ton in the literature about... I'm going to... I should say that preemptively. There's not a ton out there about their family or about Fatima. So this is kind of everything that I could find, Mm -hmm. and there might be a little bit more. But because this is just the period of time when, like, people were just starting to actually write Mm -hmm. books, like, some of the oldest literature that exists in the world is from this time period. How did you hear about her? Yeah. Well, I was Googling awesome women from history and awesome, awesome Muslim women and mm-hmm. awesome. I was just looking around uh-huh. in different. There's awesome, awesome, great databases about Muslim heroes that mm-hmm. are out there. Also, Muslim women in the STEM uh, areas, which mm-hmm. she sort of ends up kind of falling under-ish mm-hmm. just because of the work I'm about to talk about. Um, but if you, you know, if you Google, there's people out there in all the in all the categories. So that's how I found out about her. Um, so her family was kind of super humble, uh, and they they wanted a little bit more, and so they migrated. They were they were originally from the city Karawan, um, which is in present day Tunisia, and then they moved to the city of Fez in Morocco. So we're in northern Africa, like the northernmost part mm-hmm. of Africa, very Muslim, and there were lots of people um, leaving, like coming into Fez at that time. Fez was like the cosmopolitan center of the world. And uh, especially uh, for for Muslim folks. Um, and a lot of them were like fleeing Spain. There was a bunch of persecution going on in different areas. And so people were migrating into Morocco specifically and into Fez specifically. It was a busting metropolis. Hmm. Um, and they call it of the Muslim West. And people came because it was supposed to, you know, you're going to make your fortune in Fez. There's a lot going on here. And it, uh, one of the, the websites I was reading through said that Fez boasted a rich combination of religion and culture, both traditional and cosmopolitan. So it was like a huge mix of both what was awesome and popular, but also that like truest religion, that devout religiosity. Is that a word? I think so. Sure. I think it is. Mm-hmm. And so dad picked up the family and they were like, let's do it. Let's make our living in Fez. And they go and they settle down on the left bank of the river Fez. And eventually, Fatima married, uh, and her family did really well. Her father became a super successful businessman. It did not say a businessman of what, <laughs> mm. so it's kind of vague. Um, perhaps a trader. Perhaps mm-hmm. there's lots of trading going on. That was during like the you know we have the Silk Road, all the 
mm-hmm. awesome stuff going on. Um, and they became super wealthy fa- fairly quickly. And then all of a sudden, Fatima's husband, father, and brother die in pretty short succession. Oh. Um, and it didn't say, I, ha- I couldn't find out what it was of. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, but all of them died. And basically, the only ones left were Fatima and her sister. Um, her sister, oh my gosh, Miriam. Yeah, that's right. So Fatima and Miriam were the only two people left. And they inherit everything from this fortune that her father and their family has built. So they inherit gob tons of money. Mm -hmm. Um, But remember, they came from, they were super poor. Mm -hmm. Like they they were not super poor. I'm sorry. I didn't actually have researching. They were super poor. But um, but they came from a humble beginning. They weren't like, they weren't like decades and decades of wealth passed along. Yeah. So, so they kind of like, they weren't this like entitled wealthy, you know, they really felt the need to give back and to be a part of the community and to do good in the community. And at the same time, Fez was exploding with population. People were coming there, whether or not they were fleeing or just moving there to to find their success in the big city. Um, But everything was crowded, and specifically the mosques were, like, packed because most people that were moving there were Muslim, and there just, like, wasn't space. So they were like, how can we make a difference here? What can we do? We suddenly have this exorbitant amount of money that which we're never going to spend in our lifetime. What can we do to do good? And so her and Miriam both kind of set up their own little projects, and they're not really that little. But her sister Miriam builds what is now known to be the Andalusian Mosque, the Grand Andalusian Mosque. Uh, this That's in uh, eight. 59, um, which is its own feat and very amazing. But Miriam isn't the focus today. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about Fatima. All right, Miriam. (laughs) (laughs) So Miriam put that mosque together. And then Fatima was like, you know, I do want to build a mosque because that's like what we have the biggest need for. But I also really want to build a university. I want to build a center of education. So she basically takes on the project of building what is now known to be the world's oldest university. She's like Damn. the first one who did it. Um, and it is still around today. And it is, in fact, the oldest. Is it named after her? It is not, actually. Uh-huh. It isn't. No, it's named after, actually, her hometown back in Tunisia. So, oh, nice. so okay. um, and it's known today. It's still open today. People still matriculate there. Mm-hmm. It's very, I'm going to go through some more of that other stuff later, but... It's called uh, Masid al Karawin. So she's from, her family came over from Karawin, and then they named it after that because that was like the place of her, you know, her birth. So Oxford, just for like a, a reference, Oxford was established around 1096. So that's 200 wow. years after this, right? This is before anything. That's cool. It's amazing. So and they got the idea from her. I got, <laughs> like, yeah, like, I think maybe the. I mean, I didn't see this, this in my research. There's this wonderful thing. It's called a school. <laughs> but when We the, must have one. I mean, a, a witch invented it, but surely <laughs> we can do it better. Well, and this was where, like, all these discoveries are happening. Like, algebra is being developed. Like, this is the kind of... I mean, I think I, at least speaking for myself in my own education, I feel like we're always taught like the cradle of understanding is in like in Europe, and it wasn't. Right. It was mm-hmm. in this part of the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. This is where all those ideas were born. So she decides she's going to do this is her big project. Um, so she's going to build the mosque and then also a university as a part of it to educate people. And all the historical references say she directly oversaw and guided construction in great detail. 
Like every day she'd go out and she was a part of every every decision that happened, everything that went on, she was a part of it. I wonder her if her family or her dad was a was a builder. Hmm. If she was overseeing the construction, that must have been what, like what the I don't, business. That was. wasn't my sense. He no? seemed, it seemed more like he was a trade, uh, like a trades, um, not tradesman, but uh, a trader. Or mm-hmm. uh, it seemed more like Stuff that like was rare his business. Goods and furs or something. Yes, but I not. I don't know for sure. So, listeners, if that is wrong, definitely message me and tell me all about yeah, it. One of you has to know. Come on, <laughs> help us out. It also says because so they were very devout Muslims. All of them were. Her whole family, and it said that every day. So she made a religious vow to fast daily from the first day of construction in Ramadan. Um, which was in 859, until the project was completed about two years later. So every day during this project's construction for two years, she would go into the mosque and she would offer prayers of gratitude that she uh, for the project and you know the ability to do that. Yeah. Um, so she oversaw all of it. And then it says very early on that she she kind of knew from the beginning that she wanted she you know she got this piece of land but she knew she wanted even more so she kind of kept buying the adjacent land because she knew that she was going to continue to develop it and indeed even after her death the the university has been expanded many times and like grown to be even bigger than it was to start with so she they built it and it was a huge success. She ended up actually attending the university she helped to found. Um, oh, and I didn't say this earlier, but her and her sister, they were both very well educated to start with. Like their family made sure that they were well educated, which is part of why building a university was so important to her. She really wanted to, to spread the knowledge and spread the, the wealth of that knowledge to the world. The library still has her original diploma. Oh, it's it's like a that's wooden. Amazing. It's like a wooden board, and you see the Arabic. I that's can't read Arabic, so obviously. Cool. Yeah, I can't either. Yeah. We'll put the picture on the website, but like it is amazing. And it was very popular. It was open for study. So it wasn't just a Muslim university. They allowed everyone in the world who wanted to study there to study there. And by the 14th century, it had already had 8,000 students attended. Wow. It's the oldest one. This is like the first, this is the real deal. Yeah, it's huge. So it was open to everybody. There super famous people have studied there throughout history. There's like a huge long list. There's especially a lot of well-known scholars and philosophers um, from from the Muslim world. I'm gonna read their names. I don't know who they are personally, and I didn't research all them because I want to focus on my broad. But uh, Ibn Rushd, Ibn Baha, Ibn Khaldun, Musa Ibn Maiman, and Sharif Al Idrisi, I think. Um, also a very famous Jewish philosopher and physician, Maimonides. I didn't know who he was, but apparently his philosophical, his philosophical book, A Guide for the Perplexed, is incredibly famous. Um, also, before he was crowned, Pope Sylvester II went there. We had a Pope Sylvester? Mm-hmm. Well, I, don't, I don't know why I said we. The world had a Pope <laughs> Sylvester? Huh. And while he studied there, so Pope Sylvester... He, uh, when he was there, was introduced to the concept of zero and the numerals, the Arabic numerals used in the Islamic empire, which we still use today. And when he when he left, he took those back to Europe and basically taught Europe the concept of zero. Wait, I love this. I love the idea of a pope <laughs> going back to Europe and being like, you guys, <laughs> zero. <laughs> It's nothing. It's a thing. It's nothing. It's nothing, but it's everything. It's nothing, but you can write it down. Can yes. you believe Just this like is it's, amazing? It's mind blown this by it. This is the coolest thing. I'm going to put this in my sermon. <laughs> 
to me anyway. <laughs> Amazing. It's pretty great. I mean, but you say it like, you know, I don't know why. You heard of this new thing called Zero. <laughs> Like, we think it happened somewhere in Germany. No, it happened here. It happened... At the first school. Have you heard of a school? Have you heard of a school? (laughs) This other great concept I heard about, but the the real thing is zero. Zero. That's where it's at. But she's like, sir, you you have to stop talking to people about zero. (laughs) I feel like the Catholic Church was pretty different back then. Yeah. Like, it was a really different... I think they were having more fun than they are now. Though. Well, at least the way we're talking about it, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, uh, it is the oldest here. What's the phrase that they, they say? According to the Guinness Book of World World Records. World Records. World Records. <laughs> um, according to the Guinness Book of World Records and um, the UNESCO which is the United mm-hmm. Nations Educational Branch. It is the oldest continually operating degree-granting university in the world. Wow. The oldest. Incredible. It's still around today. And according to NPR, mm-hmm. uh, it is home to approximately 4,000 manuscripts. Mm-hmm. Um, they have 9th century Quran, Qurans um, written in Kufic calligraphy. Mm-hmm. Cufic? Gothic cuneiform, right? Or is that a. Oh, God. That probably was wrong. Um, (laughs) They have the oldest known written accounts of the life of the Prophet Muhammad. Uh, They have ancient manuscripts of theology, law, astronomy, grammar that date back as far as the 7th century, which was 600. So 600 AD. That's insane. And uh, perhaps. So old. They're like most treasured. object at the at the library is the original 9th century Quran still in its original binding and it's the oldest work in their whole collection wow except for whatever those 7th century potential things were I guess (laughs) um but yeah like really incredible incredible documents and then recently uh the Moroccan government uh, realized it, it had not fallen into disrepair but it just hadn't really been updated Mm -hmm. like there just was a lot like they walked in and they were like oh wow these rooms aren't temperature controlled and these books are thousands of years old we maybe should fix it up and so they like yeah so they find they commissioned this um a moroccan-born canadian architect aziza chuani Oh man, that one wasn't right. Um, to to renovate and rehabilitate the library back to its original splendor, and it was a four year project. Uh, and then they climate controlled the manuscript rooms and rebuilt a whole bunch of stuff. And after the rehabilitation, it is now open to the public. Wow. So before it only used to be university student the students that were there, but now you can actually go to Fez and you can actually go inside and walk around, and they like painstakingly restored all these original fountains, cool. and like all this. There's all these pictures I'm gonna put on the the page for this on the website. Um, you guys should check it out. Broadsyoushouldknow.com. We're gonna. I'm, I'm look gonna up go Fatima there. <laughs> and look at all these pictures of yeah. this gorgeous, gorgeous university. Um, and then it reopened uh, in in May to, uh, 2016, so about three years oh, ago. Recent. Yeah. And they've been working on digitizing the ancient manuscripts. So as of Ooh, cool. 2016, they had like 20% of them done, and you can look at them online. Sweet. But amazing. Absolutely incredible. Fatima Alfiria. Oh my gosh, I said it wrong. The last one. I did it well the whole the whole time. Fatima Al-Fahiri. 
What a gift she gave. Her and her sister, basically. The reason we know things. It's the reason just so cool. Yeah. I wish I knew more about, like, her personal life. I wish we had, like, mm-hmm. a journal or a diary. Yeah. Um, but there really isn't one in it. Like, every, all the sources mm-hmm. um, I read were all kind of vague. Like, there's a couple scholars later on that, like, write about her and they call her like the the mother of sons and mm-hmm. all, or the mother of the boys. I think is one of her nicknames. But she she really just embraced and was supported by um, the sultan too. They all like when she died, all the like some of the the princes that followed the sultan all helped to like donate and help. You know, it really just became it was embraced as this very center of education and enlightenment. And, oh, cool. Um, yeah, it was really amazing. Well, thanks, Fatima. Yeah. yeah, Fatima. Go, Fatima. Yeah, incredible. The incredible, the oldest broad we've talked about, and a broad you should know, and now you do know. Thanks for joining us today, learning about Fatima. Um, we're super excited that you're listening, and if you want to support us, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, leave a review. Reviews are really good for us. And tell your friends and your mom and whoever, you know, whoever's going to like stories about awesome women. Just let everybody know. Um, if you want to connect with us, uh, we're on Instagram at Broads You Should Know. Or you can email us at Broads You Should Know at gmail.com. And hit us up on the website too, BroadsYouShouldKnow.com. You can read uh, more about the broads uh, and you can look at the check pictures. Check our sources. Check our sources. <laughs> um, you, can leave com- you can do all sorts of stuff because we want your comments. And we want to hear yeah. about what broads you think we should do next because um, please reach out this is about you and you hearing the bras you need to hear thanks for listening guys again this is Sarah bras you should know and uh, we're signing off yeah we'll be back yeah see you next week for a new broad